previously on Story Jazz, Ghost Hunters. Oh my god! <laughs> and in front of Faisal, Rosalind Horsley stands in her nightgown in the center of the road. Raphael, is that you? And he pulls from the guitar case a long, shiny, sharp metal guitar. No fucking way! <laughs> and he strums one power chord. And the fog clears. And the last strand of spectral energy that connected Nelson to the soup wraith that once lived inside him severs. What do we do about Nelson? He's still a human, right? He was a revenant. So he was like a host, kind of like how like how Anne's a host for Dr. Horsley. And they all look at Horsley slash Anne. Wait, so I'm going to become like this? Another figure is visible at the end of the road. Why'd you have to do this, brother? Brother, I'm your father. Don't you recognize me, son? And hello. And we're back. Well, we're back. And we're back from the music break like a radio show. Just like a radio show. Hello, Sam. For sure. Hi, Softy. It's been a while. It has not been a while. We talked uh, just a few days ago. <laughs> Technically, a while is a very subjective length of time. It, oh, it's been a while. It's been two weeks since I last heard you because that's how often our listeners get to hear our voices. I mean, they can... You probably, dear listener, you probably, you're binging this right now, aren't you? Probably. You're binging this for the little scraps of dopamine it gives you. The little, the little fake bursts of oxytocin that you get from thinking that you're in a room with us and that you're our friend. We don't even know you unless well, you're one of the many people we do know who listen to the <laughs> podcast. So. Well, open up, little friends, because the dopamine's coming right in. Oh, Yeah. Open wide. Here's here's the oxytocin. Here are the complex molecular structures that will feel like so good. Serotonin. Okay. Um, podcast story. Ghost hunters. Yeah. We're we're coming to a head. I'm I'm hoping Loki. I'm hoping we can bring this story to a to a strong finish. This episode. Um, yeah. We'll Let's just try. cut that if we don't make it. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely do that. <laughs> um. So where do you want to start? You know, right now we have a pretty tense situation happening with uh, Professor Dr. Faisal, uh, the the Horsleys, the all of the Horsleys, almost literally all of the Horsleys, except for uh, a soul of Terrence. Why don't we? What? Hey, I got an idea, Sam. Why don't you just indulge me? Okay, I'm gonna bring us in nice and calm. Welcome everybody. Welcome back to Story Jazz. We hear the sound, rather unpleasant sometimes, of knives and forks screeching against porcelain. As all the kids, Anne Athaway included, are munching away at some scrambled eggs and rather dry, stale toast. It's all that Graham could find in the kitchen, but as Graham always does, he makes it delicious. The kids are starving. They had been holding out for this dinner, and the bisque that they ate disappeared in their stomachs, and so they are famished. But 
Eggs will do the trick, at least for now. At the end of the table, a little distance from everybody else, sits Nelson Cameroon, staring into the middle space as he shovels bits of egg into his mouth, and about half of them stay in there <laughs> while the other dribbled back down onto his plate. He looks like a zombie. So, um, says Graham, um, Harriet? Yeah? Are we just gonna leave Nelson here? Yo, what's, what's the plan? Should we call somebody? Harriet's brow is knotted up as she's still thinking about all this. Um, but at the same time, most of her brain is focused on, uh, finally, food. And also pushing down the headache she has from spending all night awake. I mean, he should be fine, right? She says, sort of helpless, and looks over at Nelson, who again drops a piece of uh, egg out of his mouth, this time a much bigger one that he has already chewed, like he was this close <laughs> to swallowing. And Horsley, who has been watching this intently, uh, makes a little ah, disappointed noise <laughs> when... <laughs> like like he'd been he rooting so for far. it. Yeah, he got so far. He was almost ready to swallow, and nope. There it splats back onto the table. The group spends a little bit watching him try over and over to fork a piece of bacon and chasing it around the plate before Harriet pipes up again. I might know some guys. Um, my dad mentioned them. Oh, oh yeah, the, the ghost resters. Yeah, the ghost resters. Um, I'll have to tell them to be gentle and to take them. We know we have a care facility that we know. Maybe they could take him to the facility where he can um, recover. Okay, I feel a little bit better about that, although facility is really ominous. Yeah, it's an ominous word. I know. It's like a, it's, let's think of it more as a rehab place. Okay, yeah, rehab. But that sounds for better. people who have been intensely, intensely affected by spectral stuff. And the two boys and Harriet take that moment to look at the other member of their group who has been seriously affected by ghostly stuff. <laughs> they all see Anne Athaway's body in her little I love Shakespeare crop top and her pink flats, but they also see their friend, Dr. Horsley, Spencer's mentor in some sense, and they feel bad. They wonder what's going to happen, even if they do manage to succeed, which, as Harriet checks her watch that she always has on her, she remembers. <laughs> Graham's got to go. Oh, shit. I thought we could maybe take a nap before. Oh, God. Okay. She rubs her eyes and gets up and tosses over a glass of orange juice as she does. So, oh, damn. And she tries to wipe it oh, up with okay. her hands. I got, I got it. I got it. It's okay. What am I doing? <laughs> Thanks, I guys. Um, Graham, you need to... Yep, I'm uh, I'm packing up as we speak. What should I What should I bring? I mean, the professor doctor he doesn't really know anything about ghost hunting, so I don't need to bring anything. Should I just bring the gloves? The, the gloves. And Graham pulls <laughs> on his gloves, a gold Jesus piece on one, and a Chuck E. Cheese's piece on the other. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wonderful. And as Harriet sees the Chuck E. Cheese's piece, she uh, feels a wave of Malignance? Is that the word? No. <laughs> Just go oh, with it. Malignance. Malignance. Maligma what? Maligma what? Malevolence surge from the from the piece. Chaotic energy that rolls over her and makes her 
a little bit barfy for a second. <laughs> Although that might just be the sleep deprivation. Um, she uh, nudges Spencer. Do you have yeah? An, do you have an ibuprofen? Um, I don't think. And then they hear the familiar voice of Anne Athaway. Oi, I've got an ibuprofen in my bag. Let me just go upstairs and I'll, I'll get it. I'll be right there, Harry. One, one second. And everybody like <laughs> has developed a reflex. They spin around, look at Anne. And swing Shit, their she's... hands at her. <laughs> <laughs> Three or four hands fly out after her, but she makes it up the stairs before any of them can make contact with the back of her head. <sighs> Harriet sighs. This is going to be a long day, but I'm glad I got you two to back me up. And she gives a quick smile at Spencer and Graham. They both nod and, and Grand pulls up his phone. So should I just, should I go to the funeral home? The, the service is today. Should I just meet them, meet the, the professor doctor at the funeral home? He said to meet him at his houseboat. Houseboat, okay. I, I guess he'd be there. Yeah, let's, let's just, let's go by the houseboat first. Um, what do we do about... And he points at Nelson, who... <gasps> As Nelson is trying desperately to push a full-size piece of bacon into his mouth, but it's too large. It's just like too <laughs> wide, like when a dog has a big, big stick and walk, tries to walk between two posts. And he's just like, oh boy. But Spencer says, at, at least he's trying, right? That's that's a good thing. And Harriet just walks over to <laughs> Nelson and takes the fork out of his mouth snaps the piece of bacon in two and shoves it back into his face and <laughs> grabs Nelson's jaw and like moves it up and down a little bit and Jelson, Nelson chews and she holds his jaw shut. She can tell he's trying to make it dribble out again. Like there's a <laughs> reflex there and she nods at Graham and Graham comes over and he's seen this in movies, rubs Nelson's throat so that <laughs> it forces him to swallow. <laughs> this is so graphic. And Nelson swallows and it's as though a little bit of light comes back into his eye. Um, and Harriet says, okay, friend, here's what we're going to do. She points at the table. Look at all this wonderful stuff. You're going to eat this as much as you possibly can. And to make sure that you do, we're going to do exactly what you did to us, but the other way around. All right? And she um, grabs at his belt where she finds this, a keychain. And she nods at the other two boys and they leave the room. And she locks Nelson Cameroon inside. So I guess we just we just check on him after. And um, Harriet sort of nods. But you can tell from her face that she doesn't know if this was the best idea. <laughs> I'm going to call the Ghost Rusters just to be sure. God, I hate that name. <laughs> Harry, Harry, you need one, two. How about you feeling? Is it the hangover? Dude, we, we really must have drank a lot last night. I, I can't remember <laughs> hardly anything. And Anne Orsley is coming down the stairs. Second night in a row. And she <laughs> she just thinks it's all hangover. <laughs> I feel like I'm in those hangover movies. <laughs> and she's holding this ibuprofen pill that is like the size long. of... Yeah. <laughs> it's like a horse pill. And the craziest part is that... Anne must have partied this hard before. The only reason she would put up with two or three nights of not remembering what's happened, like literally remembering no partying whatsoever <laughs> and still being like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, for sure. Or she just thought that's what college life would be like. Oh, Anne. Oh, Anne. Harry grabs the ibuprofen 
and um, weighs it in her hand <laughs> and says, thanks, I'll um, try to ration it out over the day. So, oh, where are we going today? Another little jog? Should we just go, should we go to the beach? So we go pick up another, another pipe? Harriet's first oh, instinct is to tell her off again and tell her to just stay in the hotel, but she feels like she can't do that anymore, especially not after Anne used her surprising martial arts skills to possibly save their lives last night. So she just looks towards Spencer and Graham for help. <laughs> <laughs> and Graham steps up. Hey, Anne. Hey, we're going to go. We're going to go to the docks today. You want to you want to go check out the the big uh uh, boats, the 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 scoo- schooners. What are they called? Um, yachts. The the, the yachts. <laughs> We're gonna go to the docks and uh, check out the boats. You wanna you wanna come with? Oh, Graham, that sounds lovely. Can we stop by get a couple of of uh, a mimosas on the way? I feel like I feel like I need a drink. <laughs> My brain. I feel like there's a big bump on the back of me head. It just. I just hurt something terrible. Oh, says Harriet. D- d- by any chance, does that bump feel like it's um, talking to you or maybe screaming like it wants out? Harriet, what are you talking about? This isn't time for one of your spooky games. No, it feels like somebody's hit me on the back of the head like three or four times in the past few episodes. Oh, right. See, Harry was, was thinking <laughs> that Anne was referring to the presence of Dr. Horsley's soul in the back of her brain, but she was just straight up referring to the actual bump <laughs> from all the hitting. But Graham ushers her away. Don't worry about it, Uh and don't worry about it. We're going to just, we're going to go look at the boats. There's There should be sailboats. There should be some some yachts that uh, one of our professors um, from 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 Ackroyd, from from the academy is supposed to be here. So we, we might see him. What do you think? Oh, Graham, that sounds great. And I, and I heard there was a nice uh, a food truck, uh, a, a lobster roll food truck on, on the dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can go. We can get some lobster rolls. That's great. And Graham looks back at Spencer and Harriet and and gives them the thumbs up. All right, says Spencer. Um, we might be a couple minutes longer. You guys just go ahead, right, Harry? We wanted to prepare. And Harriet nods and says, "Yeah, we have some um some equipment to pack for going to that funeral later." And Spencer murmurs, "Nice save." Right, right, the funeral. I forgot. Oh, Harriet Benson, my condolences. And then she looks back at Graham as they walk away and she whispers, I always thought Spencer was gay. Are they like a, a thing? Is that a is that what they're doing? And Graham's like, no, 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 no. And then they disappear off down the road. Spencer hesitates and then says, you know, he's going to have to slap her, right? Does, does he know that he's going to have to because of Horsley, Harriet nods. <laughs> yeah, he knows. Yeah, I think he just, he's been looking forward to having some time alone with her. I really hope Horsley doesn't come back at the wrong time. <laughs> and Spencer chuckles. <laughs> that Spencer foreshadows. <laughs> we cut to the docks. We see Anne Athaway running back and forth, 
pointing out at the huge ships coming in or leaving the harbor. Graham is following her with hands full of lobster rolls as they are on what is appearing to be a little date. Oh, Graham, look at that one! Look at that one out there in the harbor! Oh, it looks like a pirate ship! Boy, I wish we had some of those out in in England. Ah, yeah, that looks like Graham peers over the distance at the pirate ship. He can't make out the name, but it's it's got red sails. <laughs> it really does look like a pirate ship. Yeah, that's that's an old one. And some part of him inside is like, are there if there are ghosts, are there ghost ships? Like, that's a part he hadn't considered yet. <laughs> hey, hey, Graham, have you ever have you ever been on a ship like like driven one? Or, like, sailed? Well, we, we took the ferry over, right, from, uh... Yeah, Graham the ferry, yeah, but you know, we didn't sail the ferry. We weren't in, in charge of its momentum or anything. Yeah. You know, it, it's something so romantic about sailing on the open seas and being in charge of a vessel and just... And, and sort of runs up on... Stands on one of the railings at the edge of the harbor. And she looks out at the open ocean and she points and says, And just go! Out into the ocean with no, no direction, no parents, no school, no assignments, just the life of a, of a sailor. No? Doesn't appeal to you? Hi, it's all right. Whatever. And as she turns around, she sees Graham has two lobster rolls in his mouth right now. He's just sort of, Graham, let's, let's go on one of these boats. Let's just, let's just go. I mean, uh, actually, uh, and I, I don't, uh, I don't think that. I don't know if this is the best time for us to get sidetracked because we, we're trying to go, because there's not a lot of time until the funeral and she's already running off though. Graham, this one, this one. And Anne points to a huge yacht. Come on, there's nobody on it. And there's not even a sign that says, do not enter. Let's go. Come on, let's just walk I, around. I'm pretty sure it belongs to some, oh gosh. And they, Anne, Anne just sort of vaults and jumps onto this boat using her. <laughs> Uh, Tylee-esque uh, <laughs> acrobatics. Um, and um, Graham follows her climbing over a little chain, getting tangled, dropping a lobster roll, trying to pick it up, and dropping another one as he picks it up. Uh, oh, boy. And then finally exasperated, he just tosses all the, the, the rest of the lobster rolls into the sea, except for two that he keeps for him and Anne. Graham, look! There's a ship's wheel! There's a ship's wheel! And Graham follows her up, Puffin and puffin to the front of the boat, and for suddenly the sun is still low over the horizon, and he feels this rush of, oh my god, this place is really beautiful. Like, oh my god, Anne is really beautiful with the sun glittering behind her. She like she's pointing at the ship's wheel, shaking her hair back and forth, and it's <laughs> glistening. The waves crashing into the boat behind her, sprinkling her with this sort of shiny, watery light. Her Shakespeare crop top is sort of flitting back and forth, flashing her little bikini underneath. <laughs> Graham, Graham, you hold this side of the ship's wheel, I'll hold the other, and we'll steer this boat together. We'll leave, and we'll never come back. Just you and me. And Graham is suddenly... And our lobster rolls. <laughs> Graham is suddenly next to Anne. And she grabs one of the lobster rolls and bites into it. And he bites into the other, holding eye contact with her. And they both swallow. And they're both holding the ship's wheel. 
and a moment passes and she she seems to be leaning toward him maybe or is he just imagining it and he looks at her lips and does she glances at his lips and then she takes a breath and he's like what is she about to say something and then she sneezes and Graham um, <laughs> blinks, wipes a little bit of mist from his forehead. M- mucus. <laughs> mucus <laughs> off of his face. <laughs> and says, are, are, you okay? are you okay, Anne? But before she can answer, they hear a voice from down below deck. You kids, you kids, you can't be up here. This is a private boat. And they both look up and they um, see a little face in a, in a little slot in a door. <laughs> down below staring at them with the meanest eyes and they're paralyzed for a moment but then the door starts to open and a big belly starts to push through and they get (laughs) scared and start running and they're running and running and Graham is laughing with the the panic of it and they're they jump over the railing and back onto the sidewalk and huff and huff for air and then Graham in a moment of blind boldness just grabs Anne's hand and suddenly he's right up close in front of her face. Standing on his tippy toes to reach Anne's height. And she's smiling too, albeit a little confused. And he says, um, can I, can I kiss you? And Anne smiles at him and she says, I'm not sure that would be appropriate. (laughs) Oh, uh, um, I'm sorry. I, uh, um, yeah, no, that was, uh, hey, hey, Dr. Horsley, that was, that was actually not for you. Yeah, I assumed as much. Did, I, I got knocked in front again. Did you slap her this time or did something else happen? Uh, I don't, I gotta be honest, Dr. Horsley, I don't really understand how this works too much. Right, right. Um, we don't have a lot of time until I get, until I get buried, right? So right, we should no, probably. Yes, yes, we're. We're we're actually here on the dock just for for that. We're not, and Graham hides the the lobster rolls in his fanny pack behind him. Um, <laughs> we're we're look we're we're looking for Doctor Faisal's boat. It's called the, and he pulls out his phone. He scrolls the um, Ghost Hunterson, <laughs> and um, Horsley blinks and turns around and looks at the boat that they were just standing on a minute ago, and on the side of it it says the ghost hunter's son which it seems like somebody made a mistake there in the naming process but the ghost hunter's son seems seems right right well i i guess we just do we knock do you do you knock on a yacht well, i mean we just trespassed so why how do, do we, you remember that well i came to during the sneeze oh graham looks back and forth oh oh Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Is that earlier Dr. than Horsley. you thought? Or yeah. Um, and then Graham looks at Horsey a little bit differently. Like, oh. <laughs> but before they can think about it too long, the lumbering footfalls of the captain of the Ghost Hunter's son steps onto the gangplank, and he says, <clears throat> "I'm going to call the cops on you guys if you don't skedaddle. You did trespass." Is a wiry dude with an exposed, scar-covered belly. Um, not exposed because he's topless, but because he's wearing 
a really his shirt is a little bit too small. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a crop top sailor shirt, like the type that Donald Duck uh-huh. wears. And he's got a scar um, right across his belly button, like a little C section. And he leers down at them, and Graham says, "Hey, um, we're looking for uh, Professor Doctor Faisal. Uh, we're some students of his, and uh, we needed to. I'm a. Uh, I've got a uh, an intern, an internship." Uh, with him. I'm supposed to meet with him today. Yes, and uh, I'm Anne, says Dr. Horsley. <laughs> I'm also a student and going to stop talking now as Graham gives him a subtle shake of the head. <clears throat> all right, all right, kids. You look like good kids and you're not trying to cause any trouble. Fine, whatever. But your your professor, Dr. Faisal, he's not here. He hasn't been here for a few days. I don't know where he is. And he's behind on his payments to me as the captain. And he didn't bring me any lobster rolls. So I don't know how I can help you guys. And Graham has a brilliant idea. <laughs> reaching back into his fanny pack. And he brings out two, <laughs> two half-eaten. Half, half-eaten lobster rolls. <laughs> well, he quickly breaks off the chewed part. Hey, um... I mean, I I don't I can't really help too much, says Graham. But uh, I got a half lobster roll here. I you know if you want it. And the captain looks at it. Well, I I do I do like um, lobster rolls. All right, I can tell you the last time I saw the professor doctor, he uh he rented a car that said it had really bad airbags, and he uh he took it up the hill to see the the Horsleys or something. Hor- Horsleys Horsley. Horsley, <laughs> says Anne Hors- Horsley. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, he, he went up the hill. He said he had a job to do. And um, I don't know. He had a bunch of flute whistles and MLG horns. <laughs> and Graham shakes his head and goes, oh, no, this is this isn't good. We got to catch up with Dr. Faisal. And he starts running toward the center of town. Hey, wait, my, my lobster roll. Oh yeah, sorry, Graham says, and throws the lobster roll overhand toward the yacht, and it just falls apart in midair. <laughs> it just sprinkles the captain in lobster. And he's just like, oh, yes. <laughs> this is my preferred form of consumption anyway. <laughs> and so the character has been completely <laughs> rounded off, and there's no reason for them to return in the rest of the story. And like a void creature, the C-section mark in his scar opens up and his belly like a maw and a large tongue wraps out and eats all of the lobster out of the oh air. Then it closes itself back up again. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> Finally, we were able to get jaw-unhinging eldritch beasts into this arc as well. So. Um, so do we, well, do you think we should just rent a car or should we, should we just get a bike? We gotta, we gotta get to Faisal before he... He starts any more of those rituals, right? Harriet said the rituals were going to... Yeah, Horsley says, yeah. Um, I mean, I grew up here. I should know what the best method of transport is. And he looks around, and then finally he points at it. There it is. The tandem bike? You want to take the tandem bike? Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, is there? The, no, it's the... just like a... It's usually like a couple... Anyway, yes, let's, let's go. Let's go. All right. And Horsley jumps onto the tan- tandem bike, and Graham scrambles onto the back seat and um there isn't actually there aren't actually two <laughs> handlebars the back person just has to hold on to the waist of the front person 
so Graham hesitantly wraps his hands around and Athaway's uh, midsection, and and Horsley goes, "Oh, oh, sorry, I'm just I'm just sensitive around that area." Yeah, I'm uh, I'm just gonna I'm just pedaling, and Graham starts pedaling, and they pedal into the sunrise together, up the hill toward the Horsley's estate. Hi, John. Welcome back to the ad break in the center of story jazz where we take over the show. Hi, Joanne. Yes, it is us. Meadows and Sunlight. John Meadows and Joanne Sunlight. That's me. Yes, I remembered the names. You sound so hesitant after doing this podcast with me for 25 years. Sometimes I still question reality, but every time I do, I affirm myself that I am real. And strong. And full. Of, of liquid, liquid power. Power. That's right, John. That's right, listeners. Welcome back to another moment where we remind you to wash your hands, wash your butts, vaccinate your friends, not forcefully, but sign them up for vaccinations if you can. If, if that's very possible. And also, follow Story Jazz on Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Twitter. This could be one of the strongest affirmations that you perform for yourself. Story Jazz <laughs> is excellent for the spirit, excellent for the growth. It's the only podcast that we listen to that isn't our own voices, and we can highly recommend it. In fact, you can get in direct contact with the spirits that create these stories, the spirits that have even created us, the gods, one might say, at storyjazzcast at gmail.com. It's very easy. Ask them all your existential questions, such as, why? And, what? <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. John, that's so funny. Joanne, I, I um, thank you so much. Your affirmation means so much to me. Thank you, John. Thank you for being with me for 25 years. Thank you for thanking me, Joanne. Thank you for letting me inside you, John. Thank you for My being arms are around your chest. Me, Joanne, <laughs> your arms are in me deeply. In all my orifices, th- uh, strumming the the <laughs> the chords of my chords soul, of my the soul. chords of your soul. Exactly. Wow, that's exactly what I wanted to say, Joanne. It's almost as if you know me very well. Well, then I'll leave our listeners and you with this one final affirmation. What is it? We love you. <gasps> we love you. It's been a long night. It's been a long night full of horrors and fog and the reanimated bodies of your siblings with your parents' soul in them. <laughs> it's been a long night. We see Titus Horsley strumming a gentle tune as Dr. Professor Faisal is gently salting the windows and doors, reapplying another layer just in case. Red morning light has started filtering in and is creeping up in a little line across Rosalind Horsley's face. She's sitting in the corner, still in some sort of sleepy stupor, still muttering her husband's name. Raphael. Raphael, that's the pepper, not the salt. Raphael. <laughs> and um, Titus keeps playing his gentle tune and mutters to to his mother it's gonna be it's gonna be okay ma it's gonna be okay 
it'll tire out eventually. So, um, uh, Titus, um, Rosalind, it was, it was lovely, um, driving and, and spending time with you today. The, the sun's coming up. I think I'll, I'll take my leave and, um, wish you all good luck. Good, good in your endeavors and your, I think I, I think my job here is done. And as he walks toward the door, Titus swings the axe out, the guitar out, stopping the blade flat in front of Faisal's chest. <laughs> yeah, you're not just gonna leave, right? But I, I put a, I put another layer of salt, like like you said. I am. Uh, nah, yeah, 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 yeah. But your job was to protect the body throughout all of the funeral and stop this and he points all around the room and also at his mother who just lost it from happening you failed that task if you want to be paid at all you will stay here and take responsibility until we fix the situation do you want to threaten do you want to threaten uh faisal's reputation maybe that'll convince him yeah for sure for sure and I've seen your online reviews. Uh, spectrometer.com. <laughs> ripoff report. You got zero ripoff reports on ripoff report. And I can't even imagine how. We'll get ready for the first one. No. Oh, please. Please. Um, uh, Mr. Horsley. I've seen your Yelp numbers, my man. And, you know... Going from 5.0 to 4.9 is a huge... You wouldn't threaten my Yelp. Well, you wouldn't. Sometimes a man's got to take drastic measures. And he flips the guitar back around and goes on the pump shotgun thing. <laughs> Ejecting two full shotgun shells and then he picks them up from the floor and puts them back in because he did fire them. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you give me no other choice. You give me no other choice. Mr. Horsley... It's time for me to perform my true ritual. And Horsley scowls. The most powerful ritual I know. And this is sure to end all of the mishaps and and reestablish your faith in me. Horsley makes a little skeptical scoff. Uh-huh. I don't like to do it because it's drastic. And Faisal says, I'll need a room to myself for the next 30 minutes. 30 or 40 minutes. And then... Oh. I guarantee you, this is the Professor Dr. Faisal guarantee. Your ghost problems will be no more. <sighs> Titus sighs and points at a little sort of um, utility closet in the corner of the room. Fine. Use that. And Faisal nods and says, thank you. He walks across the room, opens the door to the utility closet, and it's Significantly smaller than one might have expected. It's basically two Faisals wide. He looks back at Titus like he's going to complain, but seeing Titus's scowling expression, nods once and says, this is perfect. And he closes himself in the closet. And Titus keeps picking at his guitar, but as he's thinking about Faisal and how to handle the situation... He accidentally mispicks and he plays a wrong note or two and he goes, ah, fuck. And in that moment, as though a protective wall around the house flickers for a second. The face of Terence Horsley is pressed up against the glass like a little kid at the aquarium. And he smiles 
sucking in air like oh my titus you always did try so hard but titus immediately continues his riff and the face disappears as quickly as it came Raphael, was that you you left your clothes in the washer again And Titus closes his eyes and focuses on his guitar playing. We could, that's enough for the scene for right now. Yeah. Um, I have an idea for what Faisal's doing, by the way, Mm -hmm. that may lead to another episode. Just a warning. (laughs) Harriet and Spencer creep down the foggy, lonely street. Harriet's got her little pink backpack and, and Spencer is holding uh, his pull-up bar like a club in front of him. (laughs) So you want to go sneak into the Horsley residence? Why? That's got to be where the body is right now, right? Harriet says. If we get to it before the funeral, that's, that's better for everybody. And you think Graham will be... Graham's probably already with Faisal. Do you think he... Yeah. You think he hit? You think he hit Doctor Doctor Horsley and 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 do the whole thing? If he hasn't, we'll tend to that as well. I I think we have a few more, few more hours until Anne sort of takes over. Wait a second, and Spencer stops moving. What? Oh, and Harriet smells it too. That's not. Is that what I think it is? <laughs> Harriet smells, and she remembers she didn't smell a spectral presence around. Nelson Cameroon because he was corporeal, but she's definitely smelling something now, even though she can't see anything. But she's also hearing a light thrumming. Um, what do we, what do we do, Harriet? Um, there's some very high vibrations coming. (laughs) I, sorry, it's just weird hearing myself talk like my dad. There's some very high vibrations coming from over there, and... I think that means anti-spectral. Anti-spectral? You think... Wait, do you think Faisal's actually doing something? I mean, I've spilled salt before, like, in a doorway, accidentally, and created an anti-spectral field. So, (laughs) it's not the hardest thing in the world, but... um, Okay, but thrumming. What is thrumming? Thrumming, you know, the vibrations of of a field that, that... keeps spectral beings out. Okay, yeah, but I'm hearing a thrumming and it just sounds like a guitar. Oh, yeah. It does kind of sound like guitar. And she starts jogging toward the sound. Oh, okay. And Spencer jogs out after her through the fog. They arrive at the Horsley's residence at the end of Lonely Street, this lonely house surrounded by empty plots of land. But surrounded also in a fog so thick you can barely see a foot in front of you. It's a fog that's difficult to breathe. A fog that you feel like, if you got a running start, could maybe climb up. It's <laughs> so thick. Oh, this is definitely not good, Harriet says. I, yeah, this is a definite, definitely one of the not good ones. Yeah, this is, this is absolutely a guitar. This is 100%. Like, I can tell it looks like a... So it feels it sounds like a Gibson, I think. <laughs> I didn't know you were into like instruments, 
Spencer. No, I can't. I can't play, but but guitars are cool. Yeah, you know, guitars are cool. The sound of the guitar is so much louder now. It's amplified, playing a very interesting rhythm. But at the same time, in the rhythm of that music, we have this pushing outward from the house in that sort of sixth sense, sixth, sixth, sixth sense (laughs) area of the brain, you know, somewhere between smell and hearing. Olfactory and auditory. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's definitely, somebody's definitely trying to keep something out, but I can't tell what, except for the smell. And they step onto the porch and hear a voice coming through the door. Hey, what the hell do you think you're doing? Get out of the fall. It's not safe. Not, not safe. Um, hello, sir. We're, um, um, Mormons. <laughs> what, what, are you, what are you stammering about? Just, uh. And Titus runs up to the door from the inside. And while playing his riff still, he, he like uses an elbow to like open it a crack. You're already past the barrier. Get inside. And he yanks, he reaches out and yanks Harriet in through the door. And Spencer runs in after. And he shuts the door. And fuck, I just messed up. He looks down at his guitar. He's, he messed up the, the riff somehow. He's trying to get back into it. But as the melody wavers, so does the force field. And suddenly, <laughs> a cold gust seems to come through the room, even though all the windows are closed. And It's like bodies are crashing against the side of the house, but you can't see anything from the outside, except for one moment, a gaunt, dead face appears in the fog and stares right at Spencer and then disappears again as the riff continues. Oh, fuck. What? Harriet says, looks around. What what the hell was that? Was that Terrence? And he he looks at at Titus. Titus nods gravely and says, Yes, not just him. I, um... Who are you, kids? What the hell are you doing on my property? But before they can answer, Rosalind Horsley, still in her nightgown and slippers, walks up with a small, um, a small tray and two lemonades on it. Her eyes still rolled back into her head (laughs) and says, Raphael will be down in a second. Please have a seat and take a lemonade. Little kids, I'm sure Titus and Terrence will be out to play shortly. Titus stares at his mother and the two glasses of lemonade that she managed to make. Granted, half the lemonade is on the tray next to the glasses, (laughs) and (laughs) there are two whole lemons stuffed into one of the glasses rather than lemon slices on the sides, but it's decent lemonade. You must be some of the neighborhood kids. It's so nice that my children are making friends. Yeah, Mom, thank you. And he takes the tray from her and sets it down on the table. Sit, guys. He looks worried at his mom and sort of helps her back to her chair. Corn. In the, in the, in the, well, in the, middle of the, in the middle of the living room. Yeah. Sits her down. She's never been this active before while sleepwalking. And if she is now, this means there is a lot more going on outside than has ever been and when when his father previously reappeared 
he keeps one hand on the neck of the guitar doing a part where he's just tapping where he doesn't have to pick so he has one free hand to do all the things I just described (laughs) (laughs) Harriet looks at the guitar and she recognizes it as an instrument obviously recognizes it as a ghost hunting (laughs) instrument (laughs) oh Um, and she looks up at Titus and says so you're you're Titus Horsley. Yeah. And you? You're, uh... I'm, I'm Harriet uh, Bartleby. Harriet Bar- Bartleby. Bartleby. Never heard the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like he would. Yeah, yeah. He did research. Uh, of the ghost hunting Bartlebys. Well, it, we're not ghost hunting. The, the family business oh, is no. not... Oh, no. Right, 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 right. S- spectral what was it spectral services something ghost connoisseurs Charge, you, ch- yes. charging about 10 times as much as all your competitors well, that's yeah i saw those ads saw a few reports on ripoff report as well that uh that was when my father lost his arm the ripoff thing don't worry about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh, no judgments here i just didn't think you were uh real so oh, are you oh, here I'm, on like a freelance thing or? N- no, actually just, um, well, Spencer cuts in. Well, um, Dr. Horsley was like my friend and I mean, kind of my mentor back at Accord Academy. And, oh, well, I mean, I kind of feel responsible for his, what would happen to him. Yeah, says Harriet. Um, we were there. When, well, I guess there's no point beating around the bush when when he when he died. And Titus looks back and forth between the two of them. Huh. So then, maybe you can um, maybe you can give me some insight uh, while I have you here. I think we can give you more than that. You see, Horsley's not really. And before Harriet can finish, <laughs> we hear Faisal from the closet. Aha! Perfect. And then we all hear a gentle bubbling sound. And Titus rolls his eyes. He's been in there for like a half an hour. Just sort of. He, he? I don't even know. Who's, who's he? Professor Dr. Faisal. The famous ghost hunter. Oh no, says Harriet. And she leaps from the couch and rips open the closet door to see exactly what she hoped not to see. A small paper mache volcano and the bubbling <laughs> okay <laughs> bubbling diet coke and mentos coming from within oh god and faisal looking out with a big grin i'm sure you can say so you could if you want to take faisal's voice here if you want or um harriet what a surprise to see you ah uh, by any chance would you like to earn some extra credit oh no says spencer Professor Doctor, says Harriet, you do realize that this is probably the worst place and time you could possibly be doing this. Oh no, you fail to realize that this is all part of my master plan, my biggest ritual yet. You'll see. And he pours a little bit of extra Diet Coke into the top of the volcano, keeping the foam at a level as it starts building up and up and... Drops an extra Mentos in there as well. 
I have no idea what he's doing, but I have to control his actions. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I, I just want the more ridiculous rituals as possible. The idea that he went and locked himself in a closet to build a paper mache volcano with Coke and Mentos. I feel like you had more. I, I have more. I have more. <laughs> you had so, more of an idea. Can I, okay. can, I give you, uh, can I give you sort of a brief meta here? Yeah. I want Dr. Faisal's ritual to awaken all of the ghosts on the island okay that's exactly the direction i was thinking as well right i want the montage um, fight sequence i want the the axe swinging through zombies i want them yeah. fisticuff fighting their way out right that's yeah. what i want to bring this to like a big cataclysmic finale you know absolutely i'm totally with you and they have to fight their way through the ghosts down to the church to do the funeral <laughs> or, or something right or or yeah, maybe yeah. like like that we can we can redefine like what the who the who the protagonist and antagonist are right because right now it looks like it looks like Raphael Horsley is kind of the antagonist but we can redefine that if things change yeah yeah um the moment where i was like all these bodies thumping against the side of the building that already for me is the beginning um, of it the beginning of like they've all the ghosts of the islands have already gathered around Raphael's body. yes and i think that's because of Faisal Faisal's terrible rituals. Right. Awesome. Awesome. We cut to a hill, a very steep hill, and two people on a tandem bike struggling to get up it. Are you sure this is the best form of transportation? I thought it was, Horsley says, but uh, I'm not sure we took the best route. It's been a while. They must have done some landscaping since you've been gone. I'm afraid we're going to be later than the others. Do you think it'll be in time for me to stop my own funeral? Well, you can always say, I object. Wait, that's a wedding. My bad. Yeah. So, um, doctor? I think we should be conserving our breath, actually. So I'm starting to get yeah. a stitch. Okay, okay well... You know, I'm just, I'm nervous and I'm thinking and, you know, you're, you're in, you're in Anne's body and everything. And, yeah. you know, I don't like thinking about it that way, but yes. I kind of, I mean, you, you know, this, I was, I want to be in Anne's body. I mean, I don't want to be in Anne's body like that. But oh like, God. Like, yeah. Um, but anyway, professor, that's not something you should say. Uh, well, yeah, you know, you're, you, you have a unique position and I, and I was wondering if you, I don't know. You know how I feel about you. I mean, about her. Um, so I was wondering if you knew how you felt. I mean, how she feels about me, you know. Right. I don't know. I mean, if you don't, it's okay. I was just wondering, you know, you're, you're in there and, and maybe you know, or you feel, you know, do you, are you feeling positive things <laughs> about me? Are you like, you know, you think I'm, I'm like, I'm cute, you know. I, I put on, a, you know, the freshman 10, but, you know, I think it's, it's good. It's a good freshman 10. It's because I, I'm cooking a lot and, you know, I, I make good food and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm good comedic relief for the podcast. And <laughs> um, Horsley, Horsley smiles and says, well, you know, actually in regards to that, I've, um, noticed some, some, and Horsley stops pedaling. As he's as he sees the Horsley's estate. Okay, Doctor, you're gonna have to pedal something. You have to do something because I cannot get this whole oh, bike. Oh, the bike oh, starts bye. rolling so, slowly backwards oh, down oh, the hill. Yeah. Oh God! Oh. And Horsley grabs both of the brakes 
and stares at the house he grew up in, surrounded by empty lots. They used to make jokes about Lonely Street and how it wasn't lonely, how the Horsleys were the center of such a big family and such a huge neighborhood of friends who, you know, barbecued together. And now it's all empty save for this one sad house and the menacing white fog that envelops it. What's up, professor? Is something wrong? Is this, this is the house, right? Horsley just steps off the bike and lets it clatter to the ground with Graham still on it. <laughs> ah, oh, go. And he falls into a rut on the side of the road. <laughs> hey, finds a, a car. There's a car there. down here. <laughs> there's a car down here. <laughs> Sorry, Graham. I just... And Horsley steps forward and sees this house and he can see the flittering, flickering energies of ghosts thrumming up against the sides of it and he can feel this intense thrumming coming from within. He feels, he's, he tastes salt on his lips. It's getting saltier and saltier. It feels so unpleasant with every step he takes toward the house and this melody coming from within that pushes him away, but he can't help but step closer. There's something agitating him. Terrence, Terrence, where'd you go? The fog is so thick. Terrence. Terrence is walking into the fog and Graham, having scrambled out of the rut, is following him into the mist and immediately gets lost. And then finally Graham makes contact with a stiff hand and grabs it. Oh, thanks, Anne. I mean, Horsley, I'm glad I found you. What, what is this place? What's going on? But this actually is the hand of Terrence Horsley, the actual <laughs> body of Terrence Horsley. And Graham looks up, expecting to see Anne's lovely brown eyes, but instead sees the gaunt, expressionless face of the dead Terrence Horsley and the slow, raspy voice that follows. <laughs> well, hello there. You're not a Horsley. And Terrence slash Raphael Horsley's gaunt hand closes tight around Graham's wrist. Ah, uh, Terrence! Terrence! Spencer! Harriet! Somebody! His voice gets lost in the mist as we see Terrence slash Anne <laughs> stumbling around drawn to this surging energy that is within the house. There's a field around it that is pushing him away, but there's also some sort of agitating, provocative, explosive, volcanic even, <laughs> source of power that is just feeling so wrong, and he wants to run these walls down and suddenly he finds himself crashing up against the windows of the house and he's trying to get in and he runs against it once, twice, a third time, slamming his head against the glass and suddenly, Oi! Oh! His mind <laughs> slips behind Anne's once more, back into that dark void. Oh, that hurts so fucking bad. Re oh. Watching reality through a tunnel what? as Anne looks around, what? confused. Where the fuck am I? Oh, this all splitting headache. Oh, man, those... Those mimosas must have, must have fucking killed us. Grab, grab, Harriet, Spencer. And then she looks through the window and she can see Harriet and Spencer talking to each other and talking to, is that, that's Professor Faisal. 
Oh my god, that's Professor Faisal! Bloody hell! And she knocks the window. Hey, Harriet! Spencer! What what the hell are you doing with Professor Faisal? Harry and Spencer look up from the floor, which is covered in Coke and Mentos. <laughs> Sticky uh, Coke and Mentos. Uh, foam. <laughs> Mixed with some sort of antispectral compound that um, Faisal says he made from shellfish, mostly. Uh, <laughs> thought it was appropriate. And some uh, gin. We bought some ghoul uh, livers online. <laughs> and some ghoul livers I bought online from a very nice fellow named... Uh, Travis. Travis. <laughs> He only had three reports on Ripoff Report. This episode is brought to you by Ripoff Report. You know that's an actual real website? Yeah, I know. You've brought it up like three or four times now. (laughs) Harriet glances back at at Anne, the window, and has this look of like, what the fuck is Anne doing here? Oh, right. That means Graham must be close. I'll get her. I'll get her, says Spencer. And he pushes the window open and starts pulling. And inside. And Titus screams from the back of the room, Hey, 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 no, what, wait, what, what the fuck do you think you're doing? But it's too late. As soon as the window comes open, and as Spencer reaches out to pull Anne inside, the salt shakes off the frame of the window and onto the floor into disarrayed sprinkles, not a clean line anymore. And the fog begins to roll in. Faces upon faces of previous residents of Lonely Street the ones who died. The reason the houses were empty and got bought up and cleared out was they all died. And they are furious with the Horsleys who took everything from them. And in one united moaning whisper, they say, If we can't have Lonely Street, No one can. I feel like I want to add a little piece of information because I think we agreed that the volcano was attracting all the ghosts, but I don't think I'm not sure if it's clear for the yeah. Give it a get Harriet a line explaining why this is wrong. Like while while or they're starting to explain, discussing with with Fuzz. Yeah, you can't just put anti ghostly substances in a Mentos volcano and and make it erupt all over the place. That's gonna have the opposite. Yeah, even even I know that, Professor Doctor. Like ghoul livers and Mentos, you diffuse the sort of anti spectral power of the ghoul liver, and it actually reverses the polarity. Mentos is the one of the most chaotic, totally bonkers tools in ghost hunting. You don't just use Mentos. Oh my God. That was like the first lesson my dad taught me. So, so Harry, what's, what's going to happen? And then a knock at the window. 